0: Hi, welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am Madeline Moon, and I'm here today to share with you my thoughts on cancel culture. Oh boy, this has been on my mind recently, and I didn't even know it had a name. This idea of loving someone so fully, and following them, and subscribing to them, and then hearing something about them, and unsubscribing, canceling, and virtually just hating them, and judging them. When I first heard cancel culture, I thought it was our culture's habitual habit of canceling things last minute or wanting to cancel things, which also makes a lot of sense. But that is not what cancel culture means. Again, cancel culture is when you cancel liking someone, normally a celebrity of some sort, but these days it's it can be a life coach or a podcast host or um, a program creator. You just don't like them anymore because something comes out about them. And I'm not coming into this podcast having watched a documentary on it or read articles on it or seen interviews about other people's perspectives on cancel culture, so I don't have all of the psychological ins and outs of where this comes from or other people's perspectives on it. I'm just coming to you with my own thoughts on this, uh, plain and simple. Um, So here's what I have for you today. My thoughts on cancel culture. I believe cancel culture is a way that we skip the hard work of compassion. We skip over the profound purpose of why we are here to start with. We as humans are here to create humanity. We are here. To create what I believe is heaven on earth. I believe that heaven is here and now. And so is hell. Every day that goes by, I believe this more and more. That heaven is a very real place. That we, as, the, as God reincarnated into the physical human form, are here to create. But since we have free will... And we have traumas and judgments and we have pain and pleasure and all these various tendencies of human beings. We get off the track of creating heaven on earth. We have greed that comes into play. We have darkness. We have lust. We have um judgments. And all of this is well and good. This is all fine. It's fine to have... Uh, lustful desires and it's fine to have judgments. I mean, they also serve us very well. It's when you're walking down a dark alley and you judge that maybe this isn't a great idea to do at 3 a.m. and you turn back around. That's the thing that saves your life. What I will always come back to time and time again forever as one of the most important tools, if not the most important tool, is the power of awareness. I was having this body work done um, the other day. There's this, this man that, uh, I, as you all know, I live in a, like, a little community in upstate New York, and there is a man here who is like, <laughs> unlike any human being I have ever known in my entire life. He is so full of, of knowledge and wisdom. He is a true wizard. And he does this body work that is like energy work plus chiropractic work, plus embodiment work, um, but you're lying on a table the whole time, so he's just doing this magic on your body, and before you know it, he'll touch one place on your forehead, and your entire body will feel hot and start sweating because this meridian was holding trauma from your child. It's just really crazy. Um, Anyways, he did that, and, and I get to work with him maybe once every other week, and he Touched this place in my body, this particular meridian between my eyes, and a whole bunch of stuff came up from my one year old self. And he does muscle testing so that we get to the heart of what's coming up, which is great because I don't have to think about it. So when he touched this place in my body, my entire body started sweating, it got hot, and then he muscle tested to see what I was having a reaction to. And it came down to being a one-year-old and feeling unsafe with my family, feeling unsafe with my mother. And so after we narrowed it down to that and we could identify what was coming up, he um, did this work on my spine where our spine holds a lot of trauma and a lot of pain. And so he started to tap on my spine essentially as I was sending compassion and love to my one-year-old self letting her know that she was okay and by the end of our session that was one of the main things we had talked about is simply spending time with younger me simply spending time with the younger version of me and I'm, I'm passing this on to you as a tool instead of instead of simply skipping over to sending love to yourself send love to that little version of you This is something that I've done for a few years, I've led my clients through, and it's almost like a a workaround to self-love, especially for those of you who are really struggling with the act of self-love. By sending love to someone who is not your exact mirror reflection, you, and sending love to a different version of you feels more approachable, and it's easier to summon that compassion. When you look at that baby face or that five-year-old face or even 13-year-old. So my practice recently has been sending love to my one-year-old self, which doesn't have much of a unique face yet at all. It's still such a baby, but she needs it. You know, she's craving it. And um, this is going all the way back. So what happened in that session is I had said something to him, like I was, I was deep in the feels and... Um, I was like, but how, like, I've been doing this work for so long. How do I really, truly change some of the behaviors that that one-year-old self created, which for me is a sense of rigidity and control. When I feel like I am in control and there are deep, deep, deep nervous system rigidity patterns going on that I don't even see. It's not even things I'm doing with actively controlling my day it's like a deep deep nervous system breath nervous system belief it is an air of which I walk it's hard to describe so I was asking him how do I actually change this I mean I'm aware of it but how do I how 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 and he just reminded me that oh no 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 you've got the awareness of it and that's more important than the how Even the how can lead into control, really. So I'm sharing this story. It's just naturally coming up because the power of awareness is, I think, underrated. When we have awareness of what is happening in a fight, what is happening in the energetics of our world, what's happening in our moon cycle with our hormones, when we simply have that knowledge because knowledge comes from the mind, then we can summon a, an, an inner knowing from the body. That is the wisdom. So that's combining the knowledge, the masculine, with the wisdom, the feminine. So having that knowledge is great. It's fabulous. Because then we could go, okay, so... going back into cancel culture. So, okay. So here is this public figure who did something back in 1997 that is now being leaked out and I'm having all sorts of judgments around it. I don't like it. I think it's trash. I think it's, um, I think it's gross. Uh, I think that they shouldn't have their success today because they've done things like this. So, I'm not saying to get rid of those thoughts necessarily, but rather to put it all out on the table. As if you have a suitcase that is full of the situation, the judgments, the embodiment. How do you feel in your body when you hear this? Um, You can unpack maybe what their experience could be in that very moment you're having your own experience. So let's look at an actual example The one that comes up for me, because I had a personal reaction to it, was a couple years ago, I think it was a couple years ago, it was when Tony Robbins came out about, not came out, but he was having, it was some event, it was during the Me Too movement, when Me Too was getting a lot of uprise, and he said something at an event that, alluded to women using the Me Too movement to stay in their victimhood and so many people went right into click unsubscribe, click cancel. And that like literally speaking, they probably did unsubscribe from his newsletters and unsubscribe from his YouTube channel. But I mean, more on a spiritual energetic sense, like that person is now ejected from my entire sphere. I'll never like them. I disrespect them. They are terrible human being who does not have my support in any way ever again. So that's essentially what happens with cancel culture. We like someone and then we don't because something happens. And with Tony Robbins, I had my own experience where I went into as well, when he came out with that video of immediately being like, nope, mm -mm, nope, no, no, this is where I I draw the line. No, I don't like it. Mm -mm." I loved him until now. Like, seriously, I love Tony Robbins. I am not your guru was like, Like, you know, when Rocky is going up the stairs and like the Rocky song is playing and he's pumped in his gray sweatsuit. That was me with I Am Not Your Guru. I would watch his documentary before I hosted a retreat, before I led a really big webinar. Like that was the way I got pumped up. I could even look at a picture of Tony Robbins and I would just feel the embodiment of power. And that man has changed thousands if not millions of lives he is a significant human being in our time in our culture time and space he has saved people from committing suicide not even him but the embodiment of him what he represents the feeling he gives people and he is human he is human so he's gonna mess up he's gonna fuck up he's not gonna do perfect but we expect this I think. I think a lot of us expect this from our leaders or from people who have any kind of fame and fortune. And, and and on my side of the world, having 30,000 Instagram followers and having fans of the podcast and getting lots of requests and lots of emails, I have my own very miniature experience of people creating expectations around me and thinking that I owe them something. And I was, I was going off on a monologue last night, you know, you know with all of, the, all of the racial justice that is happening right now and the awareness that is being created, which is so, so overdue and so needed, it's been interesting for me to have people email me who I've never heard from before telling me that I have a responsibility because I have a big audience And, um, yeah, I know that I've had a, I've had a responsibility since day one, 10 years ago, um, with every coaching call, with every retreat, with every email that lands in my inbox, with every Instagram follow, with every listener of the podcast, I know I have a responsibility. I've created my own responsibility. So that, that does bother me. I'm not going to lie. I do not like it when people I've never talked to before pop in to educate me that I have a responsibility to do X, Y, Z especially when they are people who when i go to their page aren't speaking up. It's easier to target people who write a new post every single day and look at where they are lacking than people who don't write at all. And because there's nothing to lack, you know, they have they have their own excuse of well i'm not really i'm not really writing on instagram so i don't have that same responsibility. But here this person does, this person does, this person has a platform, so let me go and educate them. So um with my own little experience of people having expectations around me and believing that I owe them something I I can use that to empathize with people who um say the wrong thing do the wrong thing and then there is an uproar from viewers of I'm going to cancel you now and uh, I've said there's just so many thoughts coming up about this because on one hand I want to say of course it's okay to change your mind about liking someone of course I have this happen you know and and it's not always a clear moment in time where I go I'm not going to like them anymore sometimes it's just a gradual shifting of energy where we grow in different ways and I no longer resonate with the work that they do sometimes it is very clear it is very cut and dry I hear about certain companies that are giving money to um what was it? I read something the other day some fast food chain was giving money to a bill or an organization that was against transgender rights and in that moment like that for me is 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 something where cancel, nope, not going to support them, not going to support this. Um Instagram is great for that for educating us on what companies are sending money to bills and to take away rights from humans, from humanity. And to me, that is a great reason to walk away from supporting a business. Any business that is not supporting basic human rights is not business I'm going to be supporting. When it comes to human beings who are learning, Okay, when it comes to human beings who are learning publicly, my invitation to all of you is to summon your own humanity. And and I know I've been talking a bit about the Bible here and there. I had my Mary Magdalene episode. I'm just doing a lot of research and studying. And, and this reminds me of the scripture. Let me pull it up real quick. Okay, it is John 8, 7. and It says... However, when they persisted in questioning him, Jesus, he straightened up and said, He who is without any sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. What they are talking about in this verse is stoning a woman. I believe she was a prostitute. So uh, everyone grabbed this woman and threw her in the middle of the street and wanted to stone her to death. Okay, side note, women, this is the pain body we are living with. (laughs) This is the pain body. So if you have a hard time speaking your truth or owning your sexuality, it's probably because in your lineage somewhere you were stoned for it. Side note. So I love this verse because what Jesus is saying here is if you have never sinned, go right ahead and start judging and publicly humiliating this person, and no one could throw a stone because every single person has fucked up. Every single person has, quote, sinned. Every single person. If if we all had this law, then to be able to stone people, whenever we messed up, we would all be stoned to death. But actually, none of us would be stoned to death because we are all sinners and no one could throw that first stone. Sinners. I don't like the word sinners. I'm just saying that because I'm reading this Bible verse about sin, but I don't really... I don't really use that word sin because it brings up bad memories in my body and I choose to believe that we are all inherently good and we are learning along the way. So going into cancel culture, um, there's a recent example of this. I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest, to bring it up because I know there's a lot of active um, opinions about it, but... um, I have some thoughts on it and it just feels really relevant with so many white people right now learning about racial justice and there's a lot of people who are learning about race racial justice really openly and so there's a lot of opportunity to do it wrong and it's true that we, we will do it wrong we will absolutely 100% do it wrong. The struggle is that it's for people who are in the public eye is that it is publicly wrong. And, and um, I think there's an energy of camaraderie that humanity naturally has, or humans naturally have whenever a, quote, hero or successful person fails. Now, I will be honest about this. I have a very human tendency, and I'm imagining you have it too, that there's something in you that kind of gets excited when a person in the spotlight fails. It's like a little bit of drama that your very nice conscious spirit gets to hold on to. Same thing when you get a little bit of a fight or your partner looks at a woman in the wrong way. There might be just a teeny tiny part of you that gets really like hooked into that. And you want to, ooh, yeah, let's have, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this thing this person did wrong. Oh, yeah, I don't like them anymore. It's more about you than it is about the other person. It's more about you getting your quick fix. You're getting a little bit of drama. You get to see a successful person who's made a lot of money doing something either great or not so great. You know, maybe they got money for, in your mind, absolutely nothing, just being in the right time at the right place maybe you like that I don't know but there's this teeny tiny part in you that sees a quote hero fall and you get excited and I'm saying you I really just mean humans do this it might not be you at all you might be listening to this and being like I'm gonna cancel you because you're saying you (laughs) I don't know but I do know that within myself I have noticed throughout my 28 years of life a tiny part get a little bit stoked when a hero falls because it brings them back down um, to to planet Earth and my expectations of them fell and um, it just makes me, I think it makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. And this is all ego. This is not your pure heart this is not your pure love this is not the part of you that truly wants to see human beings succeed and thrive this is that ego that is always on the lookout for separation this is the part of you that's denying your own shadow because when you see someone else fuck up publicly it's illuminating your own ability to mess up And when you judge them for that and cancel them for that and you join in on the local camaraderie about how trashy they are, you are further dismissing your own shadow. You are further separating yourself from them. I'm not like them, so I get to judge that. I'm not like that. I would never do that. I'm always curious when I hear people say, I would never do that because believing in shadow, as I do... I think we're all capable of doing anything. If you're in the right time, at the right place, under the right circumstances, and if you do not believe me, go watch the documentary, Push, The Push. Go watch the documentary, The Push, by um, sociologist Darren Brown. He is an incredible human being who set up this experiment to see if you could get a regular old Joe to commit murder. And he did it with four different people, four very different people. Uh, I won't spoil it. So go watch this documentary. It's fascinating. It's a social experiment that will probably change your mind. And if you still need further mind changing, just do any shadow work. Go read The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Brown. Go learn about shadow, about how under the right circumstances, anyone can do anything. Anyone can be a murderer. Anyone could do what Tony Robbins did, who has spent his entire life encouraging people not to fall into victimhood at that right time, at the right place, with the right, quote, woman, he he did that. and 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 when I say right, I don't mean right and wrong. I just mean all the circumstances, the pressure built up to this moment where he felt in his body that maybe this woman was not stepping into her most highest self and he wanted to say don't do that you're strong don't fall into a victim mentality like some women are doing and yes it was the wrong words and yes uh, I think there for some people like again like looking at your own side of the story if you heard that at the right time at the right place or wrong time, right, wrong place, however you want to look at it. When you were deep in your own me too moment, like many of us were, that would have hit you so wrong. So have compassion to yourself for that too. Nothing is right or wrong. I'm not saying that your reaction to someone doing something if it's negative and you wanting to cancel following them is bad. You always have the opportunity to do that. We're summoning up awareness. Awareness of what the other person is going through. Awareness of how your body feels when you hear about them doing something. Awareness, awareness, awareness. So what I'm bringing in now, this example I was mentioning earlier that I'm a little, it's a little tender to talk about, is when um, you might not be aware of this, but the amazing Murray Furleo, who owns B-School, had just recently given a public apology because in the B-School group, there was a post that was made, I believe it was by someone who was making an, a racist comment and someone who was obviously anti-racist popped in. I believe it was a woman of color to share her thoughts on their racist comment. And then, and then it. it just kept piling up comment after comment after comment. And at that time, um, as Marie has come out and apologized for, she was not properly equipped to handle that. In a post that she wrote, um, years before there was another racist comment made and someone who was of color was really offended and hurt and in that moment, again, this was years ago, Marie had made a promise to never let anyone of color to ever feel hurt in her group and to protect everyone. And fast forward to now, she started reading these comments that were piling up from people who were racist and people of color, educating them in this back and forth, back and forth. And what she had done was just muted muted all the comments for a few hours before that day. And this actually did much more damage because she was silencing people of color from sharing their truths. And in her public apology she was saying she's going to do better, she did not mean to silence voices and that um She just listed a whole bunch of things of like what they're doing moving forward to be a part of the anti-racist movement and made this big public apology. So that's all the facts. That's not any of my opinions. That's just the facts of what happened. And I was, of course, very intrigued. And I've had Marie on the podcast twice and I've done B-School and I really love Marie's work because look at her repertoire of what she has done, writing her book and serving so many people and giving so many scholarships to people who can't afford B-School and giving people chances. And every week she does Marie TV with amazing people she brings on to interview who you would not have the opportunity to hear otherwise. And then she has Q&A calls that are public where people who wouldn't have access to her could have access to her in these calls and um, she just does a lot of good in this world. A lot of good. A lot, a lot, a lot of good. She has devoted and dedicated herself to her work to help people have business schools online. So all of us life coaches out here, I believe almost all of us, probably not, but almost all of us in some way have been impacted by Marie for Leo's work. And so I went into the comments to read, and so many people, both in the B-School group and on the comments of this page, were saying, this is the last straw. I'm no longer going to follow her. I can't believe this. This is an atrocity. Um, Shame on you, Murray team. This is your responsibility to be prepared for this, and you weren't prepared for this, and you should have been prepared for this, and I'm I'm leaving the group. I'm leaving the group. I'll never follow B-School again. Again, more facts. So here's where I will share my opinion about this. I'm sure you can already tell from me, you know, sharing how we've all been personally influenced by a Positive Light. Also, I'm not a person of color. So I am not personally affected by a person of color her people of color's voices being muted so again I'm bringing in awareness around that I don't have the emotional trigger to it so I don't have the full story so I don't have the full effect if I had been muted for my entire life in some way and antagonized and have had racist comments thrown my way and and had had teachers try to hold me back and have that in my ancestral lineage my reaction to this might be very different um so with that said, of not fully understanding or not fully having that gut response of being personally affected or victimized from racism my whole life, I don't have the full story of how someone else that is of color would feel from Marie Leo muting the comments. Um, my thoughts, though, are... That she is human and her journey is being publicly displayed, of how she is learning along the way. And yes, it is true that she should have already gone through anti-racism education and done the courses and learned and been prepared for this and had her whole team educated for this and at the same time it's true that she didn't and maybe that's okay and maybe at one point everyone has to have that moment that they learned and we just got to witness that moment that she learned the final straw of 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 learning the value and the importance of being fully prepared Yes, it is ignorant to some extent to not be fully prepared for that moment. And then also she's human and she's learning just like you and I. And my invitation to you is to think about what is something in your life, whether it is racism or it is uh, laws or it is government or it is a parenting thing or a vaccination thing or an LGBTQ thing. Um, or a me too thing like what is something what is one moment in your life where you had to have an aha where something sunk in where you learned something that you didn't know before that made you go whoa I need to change my ways. So just give yourself some time, and maybe it's not in this recording you're going to have that moment, but think about some controversial topics and think about an aha moment you had in your own life. I've had a lot of recent aha moments about racism. Um, I've learned about white fragility. I've learned about white supremacy. I've learned about white uh, entitlement. All of these things where if I had heard these words a month ago, I would have been, uh, been on the defense like, oh, I'm not white supremacists I don't have white entitlement I don't have white fragility uh yeah I do I have all of that Uh, and I I didn't know that even a month ago and I had to have that moment like we all have to have a moment of really sinking in a truth going oh now I see oh that makes sense oh boy what if that moment for you was public And you had millions of followers and you had a repertoire of creations. And what if that one moment being public was viewed by all to see and you watched your entire reputation of trying to do good be destroyed and and see the camaraderie build? I often think that the very first commenter has so much power the very first commenter, and I've noticed this in my own posts, if I write something about the feminine masculine and I use the word he and she and someone reads that and goes, hey, why don't you write about she and she or he and he, then the rest of the comments for that day are not as excited about that post because of that first commenter pointing out the flaw in the post or making a judgment about me only using those pronouns. It's really interesting. And so The power of camaraderie is really, really, really high, especially when it comes to anything that has to do with controversy. That first commenter is really powerful. They set the tone. So I'm saying this because sometimes I wonder for myself how much of my opinion about something is because of someone else's opinion about that thing. Do I really hate it? Do I really want to unsubscribe from them? Do I really want to cancel them because I don't believe it's right? Or is it actually because... The first time I heard about the thing, it was in someone's comment about how terrible it was or the other way around. Maybe someone goes, good for them for standing up in this way. And then I go, yeah, good for them. Is it really me who's saying good for them? Or is it actually because I'm highly influenced by my culture and my peers? These are all things to consider. And um, this is all something that you can take into meditation honestly I mean the best time for you to unpack what really sits right with you and what really doesn't is when you're in silence both in silence and in con- conversation so when you do um Come When you are ready to come to your own conclusion about whether or not you want to stay a follower of someone or you want to let go of them being an influence in your life, both sit in silence with your own feelings around it. Go into meditation for 20 minutes and really meditate on that and then just see what comes up either physically or maybe images pop up. Maybe a memory pops up. Just see what arises. And then also do your research with both perspectives. That's the classic mistake of documentaries and roundtables of choosing just a whole bunch of people who are all anti-something or all pro-something. I've seen a lot of videos going around about why um, it is so terrible of Marie Leo for having not been prepared and and how you know white people need to do better and I agree with that and myself included got to do better got to learn but also this was a public display of a white person learning and I have compassion for it and I can sympathize with it and empathize and I think we all can so this is not to dismiss anyone's personal feelings. This is rather uh, an inclusion of this of these two words, awareness of the big picture and gentleness. I, I am want to encourage gentleness, especially, especially, and really what I'm mainly talking to, especially around um, racism, is white people to white people. Um, I'm not going to speak for any people of color your rage is valid, your pain is valid, and I can't understand the emotional response that you have to something like this, like the example I've been giving about Marie Forleo. So I'm really not, I'm not telling anyone how to feel and I'm particularly not telling people of color how to feel. But I am encouraging white people to be compassionate to white people during this time because it's, it's a denial of your own shadow side and it, it doesn't mean that you can't educate, especially if you started out with a question and you say, hey, are you open to a dialogue about this? I've had some people come to me saying, um, you're doing the bare minimum with your podcast and you need to do more, Um just right out the gate which I don't respond well to because I don't know you and I didn't say yes to receiving your feedback and then I've had people say hey are you open to a dialogue about your podcast and some ideas I have and to that I if I know them and we are friends and I trust them I'm a fuck yeah I'm like yes thank you for asking me and something about giving that yes feels really good as well. I'm just passing that on to you in case you want to highlight something of a friend that you have. Ask first if they're open to a dialogue. It will go so much better. Psychologically, when people say yes to something, they are all in and they are no longer on the defense. And this goes with coaching. So one of the biggest things I learned as a coach before we officially start a coaching container. I always would ask in our first intro call, do I have permission to move forward in coaching you? And then they would say yes. Yes. And it immediately takes down any of the defenses, which is interesting. You think you wouldn't need to do that if someone reaches out to you for coaching, but it does because they're still wondering, do I trust this coach? Do I trust this human being? Something psychologically really, really creates that gate when the client gets to say yes, when they have that opportunity. For me particularly, it goes way back into my childhood of never having my yes and no respected, never having choices. So now as an adult, oh, it's so important to me in my relationships, especially romantic, my business, my clients, like choices, 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 yes and no, always being available. Um, so let me see if there's anything else about cancel culture that I want to say today. Um, all of this is is about, all about, awareness and compassion and being gentle being gentle with people that you love being gentle with their mistakes being gentle and with yourself and the reactions that it creates like Tony Robbins I know a lot of people had really painful reactions to, to him saying that it was an excuse because how many other men have said at some point it was an excuse it's not cool and it's not okay it's not okay I was very upset and He's a human being. He's a human being that's learning along the way, like all of us. And you can like him and you cannot. Let your either liking him or not liking him be educated. And look at your shadow. Look at how have you done this in your own life? What do you think he's going through? What was his mental state? How does this affect the globe? How does this affect the entire world? Does it make a. Uh, Did it actually create? I think Trump's a great example of this, honestly. Um, Trump has stirred so much, and I really only think a president like Trump could stir so much and cause people to open their eyes. Like, I don't think it's any surprise that Trump becoming president has unlocked the portal to so many issues that were repressed and not coming to the light of day. We needed someone like Trump that is just so out there. And so I'm not going to go into my opinions about Trump, but just so, um, uh, unpresidential and so not the physical embodiment of, of compassion and love the way that we all want in this world going all the way back to him getting elected and all the stuff that was coming about about him talking about women like that. Having a president that said those things caused such an uproar and it's part of the me too movement. And I think it's a part of the LGBTQ movement and it's a part of racial justice movement. And it's not because he's doing all the things right. It's actually because he's done doing a lot of things wrong. And so him doing wrong is bringing about, groups of people that are stepping up even more so to be even louder and creating protests and we're coming together and we're getting more educated and it's because someone was a catalyst for change and it's not always the way we want it's not always because they are doing all the right things it's because they're doing the wrong things and again it's not to say that Trump is doing all the wrong things some things he's doing really right he's done some good things for animal rights and um We've had some bills passed that are really beautiful and really serving us and bringing us closer and closer to humanity being safe and alignment. And something's not. Something's been atrocious and terrible and so heart aching and painful. So I bring in this last example of Trump because sometimes our leaders are needed because they are not doing what we want. Oh God, I have, a, I have an amazing example. Whew, I have such a great example. Okay. So this comes from Richard Rudd, who is the creator of the Gene Keys, who I will be having on the podcast very soon. I am elated. I cannot wait. But <laughs> Wow. I'm getting full body chills. Gene Key 30. If you don't know what the Gene Keys are, it's okay. You'll find out very soon. But the Gene Keys are so perfect for the work that I do and maybe the work that you do if you're into the shadow and the light. But in every Gene Key, there are 64. In every Gene Key, there is a light in a, in a dark. And Gene Key 30 is the, um, the, the city of, they're called cities, which is the lightness is humility and the darkness is arrogance. And I listened to an audio that he did teaching about this Gene Key, about arrogance and humility. And he gave the example, here I go again, talking about the Bible, but he gave the example of Judas. And Judas in the Bible, his job was to deny Jesus as the, his savior, to deny him. And G- Judas is known to be the betrayer. He is the betrayer. That is his label and his name for all of eternity because he betrayed Christ even though he was a follower of Christ he verbally betrayed him because he was afraid and Richard Rudd gives this example of what if that was the role that Judas had to play he had to be the betrayer and he was so devoted to Christ and so devoted to God he was willing to be known as the betrayer for all of eternity to be a part of the story that he was so unbelievably hum- humble that he was willing to let his name be tarnished for the rest of the of lifetime. The, for the rest of lifetime to always be the person that gives Christians chills down their spine for being the betrayer. He was willing to play that part. That's how humble he was. His own name, everything that he embodies... Was willing to be judged and seen as trash by christians because he was so devoted to god and he knew he needed to play that role wow oh my god when i heard that oh my god i just had such an experience <laughs> i still obviously am it's so powerful because being raised in a christian household when i heard of judas he was always the bad guy but what if he was the one that was the most devoted And what if a lot of human beings today who are in the spotlight are doing just that? They are playing the quote bad guy so that the good and what is needed in our world is highlighted and illuminated and finally coming to light. So I'm going to leave you with that on this note. I hope you enjoyed this podcast on cancel culture. If you do not know, I have an amazing group coaching program It is called the Sisu Society. It is only $19 a month as of right now of recording this. The price will be increasing very soon, probably to the mid 40s. If it hasn't already, go check it out. But the reason why I'm increasing the price is because this group coaching program is getting a lot of attention, a lot of love. I mean, my one on one coaching is $300 an hour. Um, So if you want to be spending some close quality time with me and a group of amazing sisters who are doing this work to be in both their feminine flow and energy and their masculine consciousness and space holding and learn how to create devotional love with feminine grit, because it is not easy to be a warrior of love and to hold true and to have a strong spine and a soft heart. It is not easy. It takes skill. It is a skill to learn. And that's why I created the Sisu Society so that we could go really deep into a private, intimate community around this. So I won't spend too much time talking about it. If you want to check it out, go to MaddieMoon.com forward slash Sisu society And there you will see all that's included. You get two private calls per month, a sacred group, lots of resources. I share my own practices. I lead you through practices. You can ask questions and tag me and I'll answer them. It's a really beautiful space and it's only going to get bigger and grow stronger. So if you'd like to join us, I would love that. I'd also like to share today's review of the week. This comes from Clarice Gomez and she says, awesome podcast with three... Exclamation points and five stars. Maddie, host of the Mind Body Musings podcast, highlights all aspects of health, self help, and more in this Can't Miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Thank you, Clarice. Thank you so much. If you've been listening to this podcast for one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, six and a half, almost seven, and you haven't left a review or you haven't sent it to a friend, this would be such an amazing way to help the podcast to grow and to spread. Um, And that's why I do it week after week after week, because I want to serve and support you. And just as a last little note, if you ever can't find an episode, go listen on Spotify don't know why but itunes sometimes is not the most reliable with newest episodes spotify is always has the newest episode and you know what is the most the absolute most reliable my website which people never go to but every single episode is there i know it's not always the most convenient to go to MattyMoon.com and click on the little podcast tab and listen on your browser but it's always there. So, like, literally, anytime you can't find something, just use Google. It's the oldest, most tried and true resource, and it will serve you very well in finding all 310 episodes of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns, tomatoes. We are welcome to receive it all. And you can leave a comment on Instagram. Let us know what you thought about this or leave a five-star review on iTunes. I will see you next week for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast.